return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Your Bibles just for a minute. Can you stand with me? Say with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We welcome those others that might join us via Facebook Live or YouTube or off the website from around the area or the country or the nations even. We just bless you in the name of Jesus. Wherever you're at, Jesus is there. If you don't know Jesus, he's as close as the mention of his name. You might even be in another religion and might just be kind of inquiring or looking in at the service. But I want to encourage you, Jesus is where you're at also. And just by saying the name of Jesus... There's something powerful in that name. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. So you can say it, you can whisper it, but you just say Jesus. And just ask him to reveal himself to you, and he will. He will show who he is to you, because he is good. He's the Savior that's promised for all of us. Hallelujah. And this is a good message, too. You can hit your share button and share it with somebody else. Pass it on to other people. Because we're just talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit and uh, touching base on those things again today. Hallelujah. Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Jesus thought it was necessary enough to be baptized in the Holy Spirit that he actually told all, all the apostles and many, many followers. There were 120, of course, in the upper room. But he said, Don't do anything until you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Many times people are trying to do stuff on their own ability or their own efforts, their own talents, but it takes the Holy Spirit to do that. And even when it, when it says you shall receive power, there's a word dunamis there. It's where we get the word dynamite from. But uh, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just a little bit of power. It's not like, it's not like well, I'll, I'll give you a little taste here or there. No, he gives all his power is available. Say all of it. It's when we plug into Jesus, his power is infinite. I think, I think we're only touching a little bit of it, really, you know, and I want to touch more, experience more of that power. So, so it's all the power that is available to us. It's like in this, in this place, there's, we're surrounded actually by, in the walls, there's power and, and tremendous amounts of power. So you can plug something in here and here and here and run all kinds of things at once. Power is available in the Lord that is supernatural, that is unlimited. Uh, but, you know, with anything, there has to be an ignition switch, right? The ignition switch is our faith. Say faith. You have to ignite that power with faith, with your actions, with what comes out of your mouth and so forth, what you believe. You ignite that power source with faith, and that's for all of us. Amen. So, I said last week, many people have had uh, an encounter with the Lord. So they've had an experience with the Holy Spirit. Maybe something powerful happened. They, oh, I remember when that happened. But you know, we don't want to live in history. You know, right back 10 years, 5 years, or even last week. You want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you want to have an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit so you're maintaining fire throughout your life. So you don't want to just taste it you want to experience it on a daily basis. You don't want to just say, well, we came Sunday. Boy, we had a great time on Sunday. No, you want to have a great time on Monday. Amen. You want to walk in the Spirit on Monday. You want to live for the Lord on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all day, Saturday. 
because, because he cares about us, all right? So you want not just an encounter, but you want a relationship, all right? Remember 1 John 1, or 1 Corinthians 1, we said, we've been called to the fellowship of his dear son. 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 9, there you go. You've been called to the fellow, into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing there is. This week, you know, you could stop and think, how much time was I in his presence? How much time did you spend in his presence? How much time, you know, when you're fellowshipping, you might do, be doing some talking, but we really want to listen to him, right? It's like I say most of the time, in my prayer times, I, I pray a little bit, I listen a lot, all right? Because why? Because he already knows my needs, but I need to know his voice and his heart for the situations. So I, I present myself, I come in and praise and thanksgiving, which is the password, but then I'm, I'm in his presence and then I listen a lot, for his voice. Most people do all the talking. Talk, 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 talk in a prayer room. Walk out, still have the same burdens, haven't heard a thing. Haven't heard anything from the Lord. Prayer is communication. And it's not, a, it's not just like you doing all the talking. It's you actually listening to the one who has the answers. That's why many Christians are defeated. You know, they talk, they talk all the time about the Lord, talk all the time to the Lord, never listen to the Lord. Big difference. When you listen to the Lord, you hear his voice and it's like, ah, this is what I should do. This is where I should go. This, this, this is very key, all right? Very key. Because you have all kinds of things and all the other stuff, folks. Listening is the big deal here. <laughs> Amen? So we're called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. If I was going to be in the presence of a prominent person, be it a president or a prime minister, I'm going to go in that meeting and probably keep my mouth shut. Why? Because they're the president or the prime minister. I'm going to listen to what they're saying, right? You listen to their words, what they want to say to me. Right? That's how it is. If I'm walking into the office of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I want to be listening to the King. I want to be listening to the Lord, what he's saying. Amen. All right. So, so at any rate, uh, uh, when we listen to the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us. First John or first Corinthians, again, chapter two, verse nine and ten. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. So people usually stop on verse nine. Eye has not seen, ears and heard, hasn't entered the heart of the man, which things God has prepared for those that love him. The next verse, though, talks what the Holy Spirit does. Hallelujah for the New Testament. Amen. Amen. We're in a new covenant. But say, but. God has revealed them all those things that eyes haven't seen, ears heard, hadn't entered the heart of man. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Now, think about this. There is no revelation that is off limits to you. Nothing's off limits. Jesus, Jesus said, the glory that you gave me, I've given to them. What you tell me, I'm telling them. Yet again, most of the time, we're walking around kind of in the dark. What's God doing? What's God saying? And the Bible actually says, I'll reveal all those things. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Spirit searches all things. So God is actually saying, hey, Dave, nothing's off limits if you want to listen. If you want to listen, if you want to be in the school of the Holy Ghost, if you want to present yourself, nothing's off limits for you as far as hearing my voice. Now remember, if we talked about a student being in class uh, at the university, you can, you can make a choice to show up or not show, show up. And that professor is not going to run after you. He's not going to call you in the vote. Where were you today? I want you to listen to me. He's not going to run after you. It's a choice to go to the class, and then it's a choice to listen. I said, again, God only knows how many times I've said this, but a disciple, a disciple is a student. And what we learn, like we're in a class right now. Folks, every time I sit down at my desk at home or so forth, I've got a pen and paper. I'm a ready writer. For what the Lord is speaking to my heart. Right now even. Pen and paper to write down notes, scriptures, and so forth like that. If we're in some place, no matter who we're listening to, it could be listening to one of you. I'm going to have my pen and paper listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. So that I can reread it, rethink about it, and so forth, so that it becomes a part of me. So I grow. 
Otherwise, what happens, most things just go over our heads. Remember, they say the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. Very true. What you write down, you will retain far longer than what you just hear once. Right? So, so in classroom, you have to show up for the class. It's a choice to pay attention, to listen, take notes. Amen. All those things are just a part of it. We love the dramatic. I won't go there, but in Kings, remember when Elijah was up there and you had the, we had, you had the wind and you had the fire and you had all the things like that and the rocks were broken and then you had the still small voice. You know, we love the dramatic. There are times that God is dramatic. Let me read one. This goes in Hebrews chapter, chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8 that said uh, uh, that the Lord, he says, I'm going to make a new covenant, not according to the covenant with I made of their fathers. Notice when I took them by the hand, to lead them out of the land of Egypt. All right. So notice, he took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Now, let me say this. There are times when God gives more grace. And I'm talking about times in very difficult situations. Times of maybe great persecution. Times when people have been martyred. Times when, uh, in this case and so forth, the children of Israel... Facing, look, look, they got an army behind their back. They got a sea in front of them. And God was gracious. And he took them by the hand. He says, all right, I'm going to help you here. There are times when there are dramatic things. When the Lord says, hey, okay, I'm going to meet you where you're at. On the other hand, on the other hand, most of the time as we grow in the Lord, he wants us just to listen to his voice. He's not going to yell. It's your choice, my choice, whether I show up in his presence, whether I show up for class, whether I, whether I show up to listen to him, all right? He wants us to be sensitive to his voice. Now, the, the, the NIV part of Isaiah 30, Isaiah 30, verse 21, says that... that uh, the voice, Isaiah 30, verse 21. So he says, you, when you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you. So in other words, you're, you're walking, you're thinking, do I go left, do I go right? You hear a voice. Remember, remember that scripture a second. Go to Luke chapter 8 a minute. Luke chapter 8 was when Jesus was in the crowd. Remember this now. He's in the crowd and he says, a woman, a woman comes behind with great need and so forth. And she touches the border of Jesus' garment. And Jesus, Jesus says, who touched me? Now, he's very sensitive. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, it's all very sensitive. We, we get desensitized by the world. So the more we listen to the world, the more we become desensitized to the Holy Spirit. The more we're God conscious, the less we're self conscious. Not so much thinking about me, thinking about the Lord. Jesus was very sensitive, so someone just touches his garment and he feels it. Just like that. Many people, of course, they were jostled in the crowd and so forth. The disciples, the, the word in the scripture says, the, the multitudes throng you. <laughs> so, so they're, so it's, it's a, it's a crowd that's really moving. All right? Boom. The people are bumping in and so forth like that. They're trying to get through the crowd. The disciples are breaking away through the crowd. And they say, the crowd is thronging you. So they're bumping into Jesus. But then he felt the touch of faith from this woman. He was sensitive. Isaiah said, you can hear a voice behind you. Just This is the way. Sensitive. Sensitive to tune out distractions. Sensitive to focus on what, what is important right now. Amen. Sensitive like, oh, this is his voice. So Jesus was so sensitive that when the woman touches him, and he actually stops and he says, somebody touched me. And they all say, well, yeah, yeah, we know that. No, he says, somebody touched me in faith. Now, you know the story that the woman, of course, kneeled down and he says, your faith has saved you. Your faith, you were healed through your faith. Sensitive. Now, we can say, well, that's Jesus. But, folks, Jesus lives in us. 
He's not sitting up in heaven. He lives in us. We have the witness of the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Trinity in us. So we, we sometimes think, well, I'm just, boy, I'm, I'm just a hunk of flesh and like I'm a nobody and so forth. And you have to realize that you do have flesh, but you are a container for the Holy Spirit. Your, your body, your spirit man, you're a temple of the Holy Ghost. And so you here, we residence, we, we house the Holy Spirit. It's like when you die, when you die, you don't die, actually. Your, your body is dead. But your spirit is still alive unto God. Actually, it's that way for the sinner, too, in a sad way, because when they die, their body dies, but they they're not alive unto God. And so they go to a place of judgment. But your spirit man is very much alive. Your spirit man actually is more important than the physical man in that, you know, we think sometimes, well, I remember this and that and so forth. Remember, even even uh, uh, Jesus or the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and they're in heaven, and the rich man says, hey, hey, can you send someone to dip their finger just to touch their tongue? And the Lord says, remember you. Can you remember? And the guy could remember. How can you remember? His brain, brain was in a grave. Remembers with the spirit, right? Remembers with the spirit man. So your spirit man can actually dominate your natural man in a good way. Amen. So we're listening. We're listening for his voice to hear his voice for the nudges of the Holy Spirit for what God may want to say to us and through us. Amen. Let me quick say this. Let's look at the scripture in first John a minute. First John four one. And I and I concluded with this and I said, don't believe don't believe everything. Turn your neighbor say, don't be gullible. Don't be gullible. Don't be gullible from this stand as a Christian. Don't be, don't just believe everything you hear. Boy, this, this last two years with the pandemic and stuff, it's just unbelievable with all the YouTubes and so forth. And people say, did you hear this? And did you hear this? And I can't believe how many Christians went off the railroad tracks. I mean, they just, they just totally left track and pretty soon they're on all kinds of stuff and it all generates fear. Generates None of it generates peace. None of it glorifies God. So we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have to listen to test the spirit. Well, is this of the Lord? Bill was talking last Sunday night. Boy, is it generating peace? Oh, no. Let's throw it out. I've talked to many, many pastors, you know, who need to get their ministries back on track. Because they lost their focus. These are pastors lost their focus. The message, what do we always say here? The message is Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, some of you know that. <laughs> the message is Jesus. Not something else. So, in life, we're bombarded with other things to take us off track, to desensitize us. And what do you do? You test the spirit. Don't believe it, everything. Don't be gullible. Test it to see if it's of God. Anything of God was going to generate peace. Anything of God is going to generate probably your joy. Anything of God is going to encourage you about your future. People listen to a lot of things. Oh, everything's going to hell. Well, that's not a good future. Wow. No. You know how we deal with it? Delete, 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 delete. See, this is what you want to really dose yourself up on, the Word of God. You want to dose yourself up on what God says. Romans says, nothing can separate us from His, from his love. And it even says, those things in the future. So, so, who holds my future? Well, Jesus does. See, the, we have to stop and realize, this is worldwide the enemy's attack. And worldwide, to me, it's very sobering to see how Christians have gone other directions worldwide. And it's like, wow. You talk about the last days? Sobering. Sobering. You got more people talking about other stuff than they do Jesus. And then you think, and how can they hear the Lord's voice? Well, I'm just going to tell you, it's impossible to hear the Lord's voice. 
If you inundate yourself with all other voices, you're not going to hear the Lord's voice. And consequently, what comes out of them is not the Lord's voice. We go back again. You test the spirit. You see if it's of God. There are many false things out there in the world. Why is, why is this in the Bible? Because it hits Christians. Okay? Of course the world's running after all kinds of stuff. Of course, that's the world. The focus of the devil is to attack Christians. Right? If he can neutralize Christians, great. They're not going to witness with anything. I've got that one taken care of. They're talking about everything else in the world. Okay, don't have to worry about them. They're not talking about Jesus. There's no threat. There's no threat at all. They're all neutered. So that's why it's in there to address Christians. Don't believe everything you hear. Now listen to this. Don't believe everything that comes from every ministry. You shouldn't sit there in a chair or, or even online, believe everything I say. That's why I say, take notes. That's why I say, go to your Bible. That's why I say, read your Bible. I've heard many ministers, prominent ministries that are saying thing again, just, just out of context, wacko. I don't care who the minister is. I don't care how anointed they are. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to take notes. And I'm going to line it up with things in Scripture. And there's a lot of times you're going to find bones. What do you do with bones? Throw them out. Doesn't mean the person's bad. Doesn't mean they're not a Christian. But it's like, ooh, wow, that's a big bone. Flick it out. We're talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can't have the leading of the Holy Spirit if you're not listening, focusing on, involving yourself with the Holy Spirit. The thing most of people are on their phones, you know, did you see this? Did you see? How about the Bible? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Not complicated. But it's so simple, the devil distracts people to do other things. So we have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, right? We talked last time about like the dove feather, so forth. And so sensitive that you can feel a feather over your hands. Remember, we had Mason up here. You could feel the feather. Remember, remember, I had Mason roll up his sleeves. Remember that? So he rolled up his sleeves. And when he rolled up his sleeves, then, then he could feel it, right? So Ariana helped me today. Now, if I, if I brush this, put your arm up a second. If I brush this on your arm, can you feel it? You feel that? Yeah. Don't even look at it. Can you feel it? Tell me, tell me what I'm doing. Look the other way. Tell me when I'm doing it. Can you feel that? Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Can you feel this? No? Okay. You can't feel that, can you? And it's because it's covered. I can sit down just for a second. Peggy brought up a good point last week, and she said, if you're covered, you can't feel it. Right? You can't feel it. I can feel it on my skin, but if you're covered, you can't feel it. If your heart is covered, if you have layers covering your heart, you're not going to feel the Holy Spirit. You're not going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit if you have layers on your heart. Now, people say, well, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I pray in tongues and so forth. I don't care. If you've got layers in your heart, you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit. You're not going to feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because, because you've got too many things blocking it. Let me give you a couple examples. One's, one would be hurts. Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15. So, hurts will hinder our ability to recognize the voice of the Lord. Folks... Think about this, how the world is full of wounds. And everything the devil is doing is trying to magnify those wounds. You're different than me, you're different than me, we're all different, and so forth. And so it makes everything polarized. And yet the only thing that can take care of hurts is forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer, Jesus, the very right of the Lord's Prayer, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And yet people pray that for, have prayed that for a long time. 
And yet, function-wise, very little. They still, they're full of hurts. They're full of wounds. They're, they, they, they're bitterness. If you forgive men, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And this is, this is very profound. Very profound. If you do not forgive men, neither will your Father forgive you. That should make me want to forgive. <laughs> See, we, we hold things against people and so forth, but if I expect forgiveness and God is gracious and so forth, then I need to give forgiveness. Otherwise, what? My heart. I got layers over my heart. So we have a church world today that predominantly has had an experience, all right, that had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, but very little relationship. I'm, let's just talk about our church world. Let's talk about Pentecostals. Let's talk about Charismatics. They've had an encounter, but very little relationship. They come to church, they can worship, they can sing the cool songs or something, but very little relationship. Very little happens in their heart throughout the week. Because of layers. Another layer another layer that would go with that would be offenses. The thing with that, of course, hurts cause offenses. But remember Naaman. Naaman comes to, to Elijah's place and, and, and he said, just send a service. He said, just go tell him to dip in the pool. And of course, he was angry. He was furious. He was upset because I thought he'd come out himself. I thought he'd slap his hands and strike the water. And, and he's offended. Thank God for uh, a servant that kind of said, wait, wait, wait a minute, kind of spoke common sense to say, calm down. Did he ask you to do something difficult? Got him all calmed down. He's all worked up. And he realized, well, no, he didn't. He said, well, then why don't you just do it? Hurts, offenses, familiarity. Familiarity is a big one. It's like, it's like people say, yeah, oh, I don't know. I'll see if the Lord leads me. I'll see if the Lord leads me, you know. I mean, he could slap you on the face with trying to move, but familiarity. And that's just common. That is common worldwide. People get familiar with ministers, and, and pretty soon it's kind of like they got, they got all the layers on. Like, Come on, impress me. See if you can tell me something I don't know. And very sad. I mean, we see that in meetings. Of course, if you have a prominent speaker, oh, everybody wants to go to that meeting. And then there's somebody else, you know, maybe not as prominent. Oh, you know, that I'm going to take a coffee break that afternoon. I'm going to do something else. So let's, let's look at the scripture. Look in Mark chapter 6. So Mark chapter 6 says when Jesus goes to his hometown. And they were familiar with him. What were they familiar? They, they knew who, he grew up there. Is not, is not this the carpenter, this the carpenter's son, his brothers. Incidentally, Jesus had brothers <laughs> and Jesus had sisters. There's some teachings, you know, in a church that says, Mary, Mary, she was, she was never, never had children. The virgin birth never had children. Well, that's wrong. You read the scriptures. She had a, she had a lot of children. Hello? <laughs> Follow me? Again, people can base, can base they're thinking on maybe a tradition or what they've heard, but not on the Scripture. Don't believe everything you hear. Follow it with Scripture. What does the Scripture say? So they said, aren't, uh, aren't his brothers here? Brother James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, his sisters are here with us. And it says they were offended at Jesus. Now, why were they offended? They were familiar with Jesus. They knew who he was. Amen? And it says that he could do no mighty work there. Except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So in his hometown, the Holy Spirit, ready, wanted to move and so forth. But because of layers over that, they couldn't feel it. Couldn't be aware of it. There's another one, busyness, Luke chapter 10. Just the story again of Mary and Martha. But Mary is around Jesus and Martha is cumbered about with much serving. All right? And, and Martha, so Mary's at Jesus' feet. Martha's distracted. She's serving. She approaches Jesus. Don't you care 
that you've left me to serve alone. Okay. Now, now, think about this. Here's the Son of God, Jesus Christ, right there, teaching in their home and talking. What would you want to be doing? Fixing lunch? Or sitting and listening? Now, let me remind you that I just talked about fellowship with the Lord and sitting in your home and listening to the Lord. Most people, the majority of the people, including this church, the majority of the people are busy in their lives. They're doing, 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 going, going. You don't understand, Pastor, the kids got things that's going on. I got a job to do, da, 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 da. When they could be taking some time, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his words, to his voice, and taking in what he's saying. Well, why is, it, why is this important? Because I think he has things to say about your day. People, people kind of put things in compartments. Well, you know, I'm a Christian, so I'll go to church on Sunday. Well, if Jesus is living in you, I bet he goes to your job, too. I bet he's with you when you're with your friends or whatever you're doing. So you have to stop and think. If Jesus is with me all the time, I think he has something to say about my day. I think he wants to bless my day. I want to bring him so much in my life. In John 15, it says we abide in him. We just live in him. Our life is in him. I think he wants to say something about what we're doing. I bet, I bet he can organize your day a little bit better than you can. If we listen. Most people are run ragged. The devil's good at that. Get people running here and there and doing this, and they're so busy. Get done. Oh, boy. And their time with the Lord is, oh, Lord, just thank you. Love you, Lord. I got to go sleep now. You understand. You know. Yeah, he says, I understand. Your priorities are mixed up. Mary had a different priority than Martha. And Jesus corrected that to say what is appropriate. Now, this story is repeated millions of times, probably. And who, who knows how many other times it's mentioned, probably, or on Sundays. And yet, how many Christians actually get the point? If I want to hear the voice of the Lord, then I have to position myself to hear the voice of the Lord. Why is it, why is it, God bless you for those joining us right now. Facebook Live and so forth. God bless you for that. But why is it so important to be someplace in person? Why, why is it... See, we're in this world right now where people... I, I can hear that. Yeah I can, yeah, I can be a part of that. I can tune in online and do whatever I want. Why is it important that we fellowship in person? Why is it important the Bible says that they gathered together? People can say, well, sure then. They didn't have any technology. There's a point to it. The point is this, like going to classes in person. Why is that better than online? Because that's how you learn better. Folks, the devil's smart again. People say, yeah, I hear that, you know, and I'm the same way. I can have a speaker on and pretty soon I'm doing something else in the office and pretty soon I'm doing something else and so forth. And, oh, excuse me a second, I'm going to get a cup of coffee or something. And then speakers on and so forth. And what you just missed a portion or a good portion of what they're saying. When you're in person, you have contact like this. Face-to-face contact. Like Proverbs says in water, face answers to face. It's not like, no, no, your face answers to face in water. You look at each other, you tell what we're doing. Spiritually, we gather together because why? It's easier to hear what's being said teaching. I still think Jesus loves it when we sit at his feet. That doesn't mean you have to sit on the floor. You can sit in your chair, but in a sense, you're sitting apart and you were doing what? We're listening. Isn't that right? So if, if Jesus was the same person, he was in my house and I'm sitting in a chair, he's sitting in a chair. What am I, I going to be doing? I'm not going to be yakking about me. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't do that. <laughs> no, listen to him. Now, here's what a lot of people say. Well, I just can't hear anything. Yeah, well, that's the issue, right? 
That's the issue. You've got all these layers. So you've got to get rid of layers and get in the Word of God because the Word and the Spirit always agree. It is a Holy Spirit. Anything that happens in the flesh is not of God. Now, it can be a Christians. Christians, we know, sometimes things can happen in the flesh, but we have to discern, right? It is a Holy Spirit. So, people say, I can't, I can't hear things. Well, then you get in a place where you can hear. Amen? Get in a place where you can hear, and then it'll be better. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can do that. Let me move quickly here. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11. I want to get accomplished a couple of things here. Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom. This is a prophetic word concerning Jesus Christ, Old Testament to New Testament. Spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon him. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Spirit of counsel and might. Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Now, you have that spirit. This is a prophetic word for Jesus Christ. But you have that same spirit. Can you say amen? amen? See, you don't want to take things in Scripture and put it out there, way out there, that, oh, that's Jesus or that's somebody else. No, no, though you have that in Christ. I'm going to say we're walking in all of it, but, we, but it's available to us. It's available to us. Hallelujah. Then it says, he will not judge by his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Now, this is important. What is that saying? He's led by the Spirit and not by his flesh. It's easy to be led by our eyes. Isn't that right? It's easy to be led by, by, by our ears, by our flesh. Quick example. Let's go to 1 Samuel 9. 1 Samuel 9, verse 2. Samuel is the prophet of God. Now, you've got to understand, Samuel from a child, from a child would hear the voice of the Lord. From a child, he'd wake up and he ran into Eli's room. Hey, did you call for me? He said, no, I didn't call for you. He goes back and he comes back again. So it's happened a few times and Eli recognized, hey, you're hearing the voice of the Lord. So just saying, hey, I hear you. Talk to me. And he did. So Samuel now is older. He's, ha- he's a prophet of God. Now, these are, these are Old Testament prophets and God here or there put his spirit upon people. New Testament. Hallelujah. You get the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. That should make you shout. See, you're not out. You're not out here like I don't know what to do. I don't have. I don't have any strength. Those are all lies of the devil. They're all lies of the devil. He's telling you what to do. He's giving you strength. Amen. We just have to believe it. We have to act on it. So, so Samuel comes and he chooses Saul. He had a choice, a handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person. He was among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upwards, he was taller than any of the people. So here's Saul, who's chosen to be the first king of Israel. Okay, so here's Saul. And the people are going to think, whoa, God saved the king. That's where it came from. And so Saul became the leader. Of course, he wasn't a real spiritual leader. And later lost that anointing and lost that position. And so now God tells Samuel, I want you to go to the house of Jesse, and I want you to anoint another king. So, there's a courier goes out, so that Jesse's aware, because people think, you're coming peacefully, you're coming into the city, and Jesse's aware that a prominent person has come into your house. All right? So we go to 1 Samuel's chapter 16. And Samuel says, 1 Samuel 16, he invites Jesse to the sacrifice. I'll show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one I name to you. This is the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is a voice we can hear in the Lord. Amen. And David's household, so now Jesse is invited, all of Jesse's family except David. So David, who is a son, David, who is a family member, Jesse, who would have servants, David is not invited to this most important meeting that you could probably think of your life, where the prophet of Israel is coming to your house. All right? Very important meeting. Thanks for watching here now. And so David's not invited, and I'm sure he knew that, but he's out in the field. 
Probably worshiping, probably praising, doing different things. For Samuel 16, verse 6 and 7 then. So Saul, uh, Samuel comes. He looks at Eliab, who's the oldest. And he says out of his mouth, surely this is the Lord's anointed before him. Now, why did he say that? Because just because God moved one way yesterday doesn't mean he's going to move the same way tomorrow. So he's looking at the oldest, the tallest, the biggest. And he said, hey, it's like Saul. This is him. No, Lord said, no. Stopped him. Mid-arm with the oil. And he said, and the Lord said, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature. I have refused him. Remember the scripture in Isaiah. The Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So in the natural, see, we can assume, we can assume, boy, boy, God moved that way. And this is, this is how it is, you know, that he'll move the same way as he did before. And that's the problem with a lot of times charismatics. They get into habits. We're going to get in this prayer line and this is how it is. And I mean, you know how it is. I mean, I've seen people pushed over. I've seen, seen all kinds of things. They're shaking their head and so forth. Because he moved that way last week, so we'll do it again. You know what I mean? See people blow on them. Hope they had good breath. Maybe that knocked them down. All kinds of things, little things. And let me just say, they're gimmicks. They're gimmicks. Because God moved that way, so that's how he's going to move again. I had a friend. He was a minister friend. He's driving his car. He's coming from a ministry trip. And he realized, man, I'm running out of gas. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And he just said, Lord, you've got to help me. And he kept driving. And the gas gauge started to go up. And he still had to go like 90 miles or something. The gas gauge went up. He made it all the way. He said, thank you, Jesus. Fast forward two months. Fast forward two months later, he's out there. Thank you, Lord. You can fill my tank. And he's driving and driving and driving. Poof, 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 poof. Car stops. And he said, Lord, I pray that fill the tank. didn't fill my tank. And he said, you should have filled it. I gave you 20 bucks. You should have filled it 10, 10 miles back. But he's stuck on his way. Is that right? We've had, you know, we've had people here, people say, miraculous testimonies. Speakers through the years. We have, we've had hundreds of speakers probably, but miraculous testimonies. We've got healing supernaturally. No doctor, nothing. Heal the cancer. Heal the this and that. Great. And then turn around. He did it that way and turn around later and go die. Well, why didn't you heal me? You should have gone to the doctor. Hello? We get things, see, we, this, we're just humans. We're just humans. We love a pattern. We love, this is how he did it. This is how we're going to do it. I spoke this and that's what happens. I'm going to speak it again. And, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Same for Samuel. This is the guy. And, no, it's not the guy. You're judging after what you saw me do before and what you see with your eyes now. And it's not me. And thank God he could still hear. We are prone to habit. That's why we talk about fresh bread, fresh manna, daily gathering the bread to hear what, Lord, are you saying to me today? Not assuming. There's a minister on the West Coast. He wrote a book, Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. Some, sometimes people walk in faith, but other times it's just foolishness or presuming. God said something when he didn't. Here's Samuel in this case, as far as calling the calling of God for David. Let's look at the next verse, 1 Samuel 16, 10 and 11. So, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Let me say this. Let's call it seven tests. Well, it's got to be this one. Well, it's got to be this one. Well, down to two. It's got to be this one. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hasn't chosen these. You can imagine, you can imagine. He's sent to a house. This is the house you're going to. This is the, the you're going to anoint the next king from this household. And you go, eight, seven, six, five, four, we're down to the last one. Well, it's the last, only one left. It's got to be this one. And he says, it's not this one. That's the importance of listening. 
Because so their eyes, our eyes can betray us, our flesh can betray us. And he said, he said, uh, uh, is this it? Are, are all the, are all this everybody? Because I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing what I should be hearing. Now, I give credit, I give credit, you know, a lot of ministers, they'll just plow ahead, I'm just going to do it anyway, and it'll be God, and, and it isn't God. Rather than just stopping and say, well, maybe I missed it, are there any other boys, you got any other boys here? Well, he says, yeah, there's a, there's a little kid, the youngest, you know, he's, he's out of the sheep, we didn't invite him, we didn't invite him. And Samuel says, well, why don't you go get him? Why don't you go get him? Because we're not going to sit down until he comes here. And I imagine they scrambled, however far that was, however long they had to wait, you know. Let me just say this. Samuel's not, he's not a guy for small talk. He didn't get a lot of, they're joking around and so forth. No, 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 he didn't have layers. He's listening to the voice of the Lord. Not carnal. He's listening for the voice of the Lord. And so it's like seven tests before finally they come to David with the next verses there. Come to David and then they say he brought him in. He was ruddy of a bright countenance, bright eyes, good looking. So he might have had a red complexion, maybe red hair. We don't know. But it says the Lord said, arise and anoint him. This is the one. Now that is that's sensitivity. You know, people, people actually, well, of course, you know, he was the prophet. No, he had to pass all these tests, actually. And it's the same Holy Spirit you have. Say, I have it. It's not someday. You have it now. In Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, very clearly, this one. God wasn't shouting at him. This is the one. Took the horn of oil, anointed him in the middle of his brothers, which I don't think they really liked it. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Now, this is important to look. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now, the ultimate test, the ultimate thing, how do we know that something is of the Holy Spirit? How do you know? You heard something, so forth. How do you know it's of the Holy Spirit? And here's your answer. The fruit. What happened? You've got to be honest. Here's, here's one of my pet peeves. Let's say the body of Christ, spirit-filled Christians. Here's a pet peeve of mine. And you see them on the, on the YouTubes and so forth, and they're prophesying and all that. People prophesied about the pandemic. People prophesied about the presidency. People prophesied all these things. And then you go, well, that was wrong. Well, that was wrong. And I'm talking about notable, notable ministers. Pandemic. Oh, it's going to be over. It's going to be over by Easter. Oh, it's going to be over by this summer. Oh, it's going to be over by this. And countless ones, wrong, 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 wrong. And here's the problem, is these ministers did not come back to say, I was wrong. And so, folks, it makes the body of the Christ to the world look like wackos. you got prominent people, and the Lord spoke to me, and by golly, he didn't. You know why? Because I judge it. If the fruit is not right, it's wrong. Pretty quiet here. Listening right now. If you hear something and so forth and it does not come to pass as said, it's wrong. We're talking about hearing the voice of the Lord, being led by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make Christians look good in the world like, oh boy, look at that. Boy, they hear the voice of the Lord. Well, it makes them look like everybody else. They're boop, 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 and then putting the Lord's name on it. There was about two ministries, two prominent ministries who came back and said, I missed it. And publicly went on video to say, I'm sorry. I said this. It did not happen. I'm sorry. My respect level for these people went right here. Because we are all just people. I don't care how big the ministry is. I don't care how prominent it is. I don't care how many followers they have. I don't care how many millions of dollars they have. If you say something that's wrong, you should be man or woman enough to say, I missed it. 
When we were with our kids even, children even understand this. And here there, I said something. I remember going into Ryan's room one night. I said, Ryan, I'm sorry, boy. He knew right away I did wrong. But for me to come and say at his bedside, I'm sorry. You know, I shouldn't have said that. I did wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. His respect level goes here. Why? Because he knows I'm a pastor. He knows I'm teaching the word. But he also knows I'm practicing it in real life. Therefore, still serving the Lord today. Hallelujah. It means something. Hearing the voice of the Lord. What is from God? What is not from God? Christians, it's like, check their brains. In meetings, a lot of time. Check them. Huh? I don't think anymore. Whatever they say is right. I don't know it's right. Don't check your brain. God gave you a brain. Think. Hello? Think. Go to the Word of God. Does it line up? It's like we talk about prophecies. When prophecies come, judgment and so forth. Old Testament prophecy. I just go to the book. Up, throw that out. Doesn't line up. We're in the new covenant. We're in a new day. The focus is Jesus Christ. Everything we're doing in this church is gendering peace. People will listen because of the peace of God. People listen to the pandemic. They actually said, I want to listen to you because I get so much peace. Because of what you're saying. Folks, it's very good. God is moving today in powerful ways. We take steps of faith based on what we think we hear. And let me just say this, as we walk it out in faith, and I'm going to look back to say 2020, is it, was it or wasn't it? Well, if it wasn't, just say, I guess we missed it. Not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But we do want to hear the voice of the Lord. We do want to keep taking steps of faith. We do want to keep moving forward because that is the King of Kings is leading his church that way in these last days. And we are here to impact our world for Jesus Christ. Let me remind you, this is not an American book and it's not an American gospel. Jeannie and I minister worldwide. We talk to people worldwide from around the planet. Every day we're talking to people worldwide. That have to deal with these things. But a lot of people, when it comes to the United States, they're just rolling their eyes like, what is your country doing? What are your Christians doing? Uh, yeah, I know. Folks, I'm just telling you, we can hear the voice of the Lord and it can become clearer and clearer and clearer and you judge it by the fruit. One last scripture. We've got, got up a time. But Luke chapter 7. So Luke chapter 7, Jesus says this. They came to Jesus. John the Baptist came neither eating, drinking, drink, or eating, drinking, or, nor drink, drinking wine. You say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating, drinking. You say, look, he's a glutton. He's a wine bibber. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. John the Baptist is walking in holiness. John is coming out of an old covenant. Now Jesus is a friend of sinners. He's in a new covenant. God is a friend of sinners. God is there to reach sinners. Not trying to judge them and so forth. He's there to reach sinners. So Jesus points out old, new, and then he says this. Wisdom is justified by all her children. And what is he saying? Look at the fruit. The children. What did it produce? Wisdom. What did it produce? Can we agree we should be thinking about this? Amen. We should be thinking, okay, what are my actions producing? What are my actions? What are my words? What, what's being produced in my life? And I should be mature enough to look at the children thinking, oh my goodness, this is not good. Or we can say, thank you, Jesus, for your grace, your faithfulness, for what's happening. The children, we're all producing something. You're producing fruit in your life, your Christian life. So we want to listen to the voice of the Lord. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Can't emphasize that enough. Folks, and listen, the way we're going in the world, we're coming farther and farther into the last days. It is imperative. 
imperative that we're sitting before Jesus listening to his voice. Imperative that we do that. So that we're saturated with the word and his spirit and his peace. And knowing the future he's got for us. Amen? These are good things. We learn from Scripture to apply it in our lives. So, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit now. You are the teacher. I thank you for moving in our hearts and moving in our lives here. I thank you. You're preparing your church. You're preparing your bride for these last days. You're preparing us, even by this word going across the Internet. You're preparing us, Lord, for good things ahead to use us for your glory and honor. And Father, I thank you for this. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in me, in us here. And Lord, I pray you'd help people not only to hear, but then take steps of faith in the name of Jesus to walk with you, Lord, that we would glorify you, that wisdom would be justified, would be clear, Lord, of our actions, that it brings glory to your name. And Father... I thank you for this right now. I give you praise for it right now, for your blessing on the tabernacle. All those who are listening, sharing this message, Lord, I thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just want to linger, linger here. I, I'm, seeing, um, I'm hearing a phrase, let go of the junk. Come on. Mm. Let go of the junk. Let go. We got to let go of the junk, and I believe that altars up here are open. Thank you, Jesus. I believe we should come forward. It may just be just toss it out, but let's linger. Let's linger right now. Yes, it's lunchtime. Yes, church is over. Thank you, Jesus. Let's obey God. Let's let go of the junk. There have been so many distractions. Mm. How many would agree with that? Yeah, yeah. There's distraction. Come on, raise your hand. Have you had a distraction? Yeah. We all have. Yeah. We can get so easily distracted, yes, distracted. so easily yeah. go wayward. And But let's stand up. Let's put on some music. Amen. Or Peggy, you can come up and just play a beautiful yeah. tune on the piano. And I would encourage everyone to come up. And those are the words that came to me. Let go of the junk. Let's I let would go say, of the junk. And I would say this. Just think of something you want to let go of just like this. Yes. Just come up yes. and toss it and let it go. Lay it at Jesus the altar. Name. Get free. Get free. Amen. This is a, a word just for the hour. It. This is life-changing just message. Throw it. Hallelujah. We need this. We just need. Throw it away. Thank you, Lord. Throw it we away. hear your voice. Throw it away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Thank you, Lord. We let freedom. go of freedom. anything freedom. that has hindered us. We let go of anything yes. that has held us back. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you for your glory. In yes, this house. you're causing Thank us you, to be freer and freer, yes. freer and freer. freer. Hallelujah. From glory to glory. Hallelujah. From glory to oh, glory. thank you, Jesus, strength from good, strength, better to best. To Hallelujah. Thank, thank you, Jesus, for progress. We thank cast you, Lord, away all those things that would rejoice. hinder us in Jesus' name. We, we let cast it, go. it away, Lord God. We let it go. Yes. Yes. Even our yes. self We put our trust we let it go. in you, Jesus. We let go of self, yes. self-consciousness. Thank you, yeah. Lord. We are God-conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Lord. We hear Amen. your voice. Amen. His sheep hear his Amen. voice. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We hear what you're saying. Yeah, you can just cast it away and you can just turn back and fellowship others come up just cast it away cast it away in jesus name divine instruction thank you lord for giving us divine instruction thank you lord answers thank you you for giving answers thank you jesus people who have been seeking for direction thank you lord giving answers yes what way they should go yes what to do yes the lord says follow peace yes Everything, you, everything I do will be saturated with peace. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Peace, peace, peace. shall be your God. Peace, hallelujah. If you feel a doubt, if you mm. don't feel peaceful Thank about you, Jesus. it, just wait. Patiently mm. wait. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for peace that Lord, passes Lord, our Lord, human Lord, understanding. Lord, yes, Lord. Guarding our hearts and our mind yes, in Christ Lord. Jesus. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, just what you've done here today. Thank you for moving in our hearts, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Your peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you for this. 
praise you for this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We bless you in Jesus' name. Come on out tonight. Good service tonight. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Next Sunday. Going to keep on with this for a little bit. Next Sunday, too. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.